God bless America. What's up? What's going on, everybody? I'd like to welcome you into Red, White, and True Podcast. I am your host, always, Andrew Britton. And today, I have a rant of the day podcast episode for you guys here. I'm going to try to get in and out of this thing quickly. million things to talk about. We could do a two-hour-long podcast on the stuff that's just dropped in the last few days. Some of the things that are hitting the news cycle but I want to approach this this particular episode from two different perspectives. I want to look at it from an economic perspective, and I know we did the last episode on prosperity, you guys, but the Biden depression bomb budget just got dropped a few days ago, and this thing is a nightmare. It is a mess. It is an absolute tax bomb on the American citizens, small businesses, medium-sized businesses, and all the lies that are embedded within this thing the massive spending increases and where that puts us on a global perspective as it relates to taxes on citizens and on companies. And we're not going to go deep into depth on that stuff, but I think it's worth talking about because as voters, the economy is one thing that is a totally bipartisan issue, a totally bipartisan issue. It affects every single person, no matter which way you shake it. Everybody is affected by the economy and economic policy. And we are really starting to see some real cracks in the foundation starting to come out in this economy, as I think we've seen it for a while in the way of inflation, higher prices on everything, energy, groceries, everything for everybody. But also want to look into and tackle some government bureaucracy policy, some social policy, some cultural policy type stuff. And I want to try and hit as many of those issues as I can. I know that they disproportionately, each issue kind of disproportionately affects different subsets or segments of the population. But I think as it relates to civil rights, just our constitutional rights and what we've seen in this last week, and also just the foundational principles of how government is supposed to work, how they are supposed to approach issues for us to create solutions. And clearly we seem to have a massive problem with this, but I do want to get into a very brief history about why we still have some of these persisting issues that have persisted for decades now and how the flip-flop back and forth just shows us that so many of our politicians and the parties that they are in really don't actually have any intention of solving many of these issues. Their intention is to make sure that the issue stays so they can continue to fight back and forth, flip-flop their positions, and campaign in elections against each other on these issues. And that seems like a broken foundation for how politics, problem-solving, leadership should be in this country. So we're going to do some of the social, cultural policy stuff first, save the economic Biden depression budget bomb disaster for the back end of this thing, and talk about how that budget actually affects our lives. For real, in real life, the budget that Joe Biden just proposed and the taxes included in it and the spending, how that actually is really going to affect our lives from a data and statistical and fact-based perspective on both issues that we're going to talk about. So sit back, dig in. We're going to hit some of the issues here, drop some facts and opinions, and let's get after this thing. Ring the bell. So at this point, it doesn't seem very controversial to say that we live in very, very strange times. I'm allergic to bear spit. The Supreme Court is about to hear a case from West Virginia about biological men being able to play in women's sports, which clearly is a violation of Title IX. But 
Literally, the people who fought for women's rights, who the party that fought for civil liberties, for Title IX, is the party supporting these biological men being able to play in women's sports. What were you doing? It is an unbelievable development, a really, a really fascinating turn of events, which is really crazy. We also have, during National Women's Month, we have the White House handing out awards, women's awards, to men. Quit playing with your dinghy. And we also live in a time in which we have a Supreme Court justice that doesn't know if she's a woman or not, despite the fact that she refers to herself in this confirmation hearing in Congress as a woman 26 times. Maybe I can help. But yet tells us she can't verify whether or not she's a woman or not because she's not a biologist. Remember this, you guys? Provide a definition for the word woman. Can I provide a definition? Uh Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the right. law, and I decide. Well, so I'm not... The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Wow, that was stupid. I, I, I don't know any other way to describe that other, other than to just say that was stupid. The most fundamental thing about humanity, biological sex, and our newest appointment to the Supreme Court can't define whether or not she's a woman or how to define a woman. You're a huge embarrassing failure. It's truly disgusting and ridiculous when you take into consideration the fact that this woman is supposed to, on the most prestigious court on the face of this planet, handling some of the most complex legal issues on the face of the planet, she is supposed to interpret those issues and then apply the Constitution in the manner in which it's written to those issues. Do you truly have any confidence that she's capable of doing that job based on what you just heard from her? The fact that she can't define a woman, which is patently ridiculous because most kindergartners, in fact, all kindergartners can do that. But Katanji Brown Jackson can't. Let's not even get into the fact that her appointment itself was a violation of affirmative action, which I thought was a guiding ethos of the left. Racist, you know, affirmative action no discrimination. Her appointment was a violation of that because Joe Biden specifically told us he was going to be appointing a black woman. And that's fine. That is amazing. That is an amazing accomplishment. And that is an amazing step forward in the United States of America if that's done on merit and qualification. Remember what that's like? And those alone. She did not have those qualifications nor the merit to warrant her appointment to that position. But Joe Biden did it anyway because he was looking for a specific set of superficial characteristics, and she just happened to meet those. Not to mention she's an activist for the left. But again, do you really have any confidence that she can look at some of the most complex issues on the face of the planet and apply the Constitution to those in the manner in which it's written? No. Well, I don't because, one, the left doesn't care about the Constitution. They don't care. They put their lefty judges in, and they base rulings and judgments on their ideology, not the Constitution. And we see this over and over again throughout the Biden administration. 
to many, many of their federal judge appointments. It truly is so ridiculous. And speaking of ridiculous, we had a series of hearings on Capitol Hill this week. In one of these hearings, we see this exact same issue played over and over and over again, where the left brought in a bunch of doctors and scientists, and I'm air quoting, to tell everybody that trans women are actually real women and that they can have babies and that abortion applies to them. Abortion applies to the men, XY chromosome men, and that they can have babies if surgically the right parts are placed within them. Come again. So if a doctor puts a bunch of female reproductive organs inside of a man, they claim, despite the fact that this has actually never been successfully done before, that that man can have a baby. Well, there are some fundamental scientific problems with this, like a man's brain and a woman's brain don't function the same because they don't have the same body parts And so a man's brain is not equipped to deal with and understand what the hell to even do with female parts inside of them, not the least of which nourishing a baby all the way to the point in which you are ready to give birth. A man's brain doesn't have that programming. It doesn't know how to do that. So you can stuff all the parts you want in there, but it's not going to work. Wait a second. Is this your first time? If you stuff an ice cream machine inside of a man and expect the brain to just operate that ice cream machine, he's not all of a sudden going to start peeing out ice cream. That's true. It's not the way that works. Your brain doesn't have that programming. So this is an absolutely ridiculous argument that they're making. And it really is a joke that they bring these people up who call themselves scientists and doctors who spit this nonsense out of their mouth that is totally devoid of reality. It is completely, completely ridiculous and embarrassing that in the United States of America, we have experts, stupid people that stand up in front of the American people on Capitol Hill and spit this nonsense at us and then look down at us and call us names when we simply reference, I don't know, what's that called again? Science and reality. But no, 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 you can't do that. That does not work. Racist. And so you see, they are perpetuating this intentional divide between us. This very, very intentional divide. This is straight out of the Mao China communist playbook, where they create these issues within society to divide us, to tear the structure of everything down. This is what is happening. We are experiencing and witnessing this right now. The left has every intention of destroying the foundations of what this country is. And that includes the most foundational pieces that you would think, like the Constitution. But the problem, the big problem with this is that they are doing this in an effort to play politics for power and control. Wrong is right. The same playbook we've seen out of Washington for many, many years, which is, hey, let's create these problems, these endless problems, endless problems, And then we'll never create a solution for them so that we can just keep fighting back and forth over these things with each other campaigning for elections on these same damn issues over and over and over again. But we'll never provide an actual solution. This is why you see situations like Joe Biden in the 2008 primary for the Democratic presidential nomination. Joe Biden arguing one of his foundational arguments was that we needed to build a border wall. That's right. You heard that right. Joe Biden wanted to build a border wall to help solve illegal immigrants getting into this country. Now, I know you didn't do this just to win an election. And wow, 
wow, look where we are now. But 15 years later, Donald Trump tried to build the damn wall that Joe Biden so desperately fought for. And wow, did the Democrats fight him at every step. Donald Trump secured the border to a level in which we hadn't seen for decades upon decades and then tried to pass a merit qualification-based immigration bill, and every single Democrat voted against it. And now the Democrats are standing up on Capitol Hill screaming for the same type of immigration bill that they voted down that Donald Trump already proposed. Uh, 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 true. So do you see how this plays here? See how this plays? They take the same issue, and the fake Republicans and the Democrats... They just take sides on these things and they take opposing sides, no matter which one the other has. And then they just flip flop and fight back and forth on these same issues. Things like homelessness and poverty and what's going on in minority communities and totally Democrat run cities. Minority communities suffering massive crime and poverty and homelessness and drug problems in these cities. And they've been suffering this for decades. But the problem persists despite billions and billions of dollars being thrown at these problems to try to solve these problems, but they never solved them. And you have to ask yourself, where does that money go to? That's a mystery. Well, it goes to a bunch of NGOs, non-governmental organizations that work with the leaders of those cities in these specific places, these minority communities, in which they spend this money on nonsense, things that they know won't actually solve the problem, but will definitely enrich their friends who run these NGOs. And then they don't actually solve any problems. And then they tell you that it's the other party's fault that they didn't solve the problem. And then they continue to do the same things that didn't solve the problem. What were you doing? So I guess my position on this would be minority communities of America, Democrats that still have the ability to think for yourself. Look at how things are going around this country. Look at the situation that has been going on in your communities for a long time. What do you have to lose? Donald Trump sold this message in Michigan in 2016. What do you have to lose? Vote for the other party. And don't just give them one term. It's going to take more than one term, two to four years, to solve the problems that have been created over decades by Democrat liberalism, failed liberalism rule. It's going to take some time. So give the, give the other party a shot. Maybe I can help. See if conservatism works for you, because liberalism has failed you in every possible way, just like it always does, everywhere. Their ideas are so bad that when you call them on them, they only have a few specific responses that they have trained in their little liberal brains that they can spit back at you. Not an idea, not a solution, not true policy. They just call you a white supremacist, a racist, a climate denier, an election denier, or some other stupid childish name-calling thing like a petulant child would do when they get called out for lying or they get caught for doing something wrong. If you had a brain, what would you do with it? This is the entire premise of Democrat arguments. Or they just flat lie to you and they pull and pick and choose tiny, tiny little pieces of a story to tell you, to try to get you to believe that what they're telling you isn't a bunch of bullshit malarkey. It is an endless nonsense game that they throw at us like we are idiots and we don't understand what's going on. They just think we're stupid. But they have such a propaganda push from the mainstream media and the message that they've been pushing for decades that they have many, many people believing that the other side, conservatism, hates you, hates democracy, is racist, hates climate change, which is killing minority communities, and it's all nonsense. Many of their lies aren't even based in reality. 
Actually, almost none of them are. And then the other ones are just slanderous terms to throw at people so that they generate this fear or this emotional response to the other side so that they build it and, and create this hatred for the other side. So now we're back to the intentionally creating divisions again. And I want to I want to say something. I want to make mention of something here. So there's a recent story that came out of Canada where a high school student from a Catholic high school was kicked out of his high school because he simply dared, citing Bible verse, to say that there are only two genders because God created two genders. Come on, man! Two biological sexes, men and women. His high school kicked him out for that. A Catholic high school, mind you. This is how Canada has devolved to this point. They have no rights, no free speech, nothing. They are living under socialist, totalitarian rule under Justin Blackface Trudeau. This can't actually be happening. He is an absolute authoritarian in every single sense of the word. Do you have a soul? And when I saw this young man on TV doing an interview, he tried to go back to school the next day after he had been kicked out of school for the rest of the year. And he was arrested by the police. Arrested. The school had the kid arrested for daring to cite Bible verse to try and defend the fact that God created two genders. A Catholic high school, mind you. My how freedom of religion is dead in the once free country of Canada. It doesn't exist, folks. You guys, I'm telling you, we are not far away from that going on here. And we recently found out that the FBI is targeting Catholics in Virginia and... We just saw the Twitter files where every Democrat who, when Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, two liberals, were brought in to testify about what they had learned in the Twitter files, what was going on at Twitter and amongst other big tech companies, the censoring and the collusion with the federal government there, the Democrats attacked their, I don't know, realistic uh, claims to be journalists despite the fact that both of them have been journalists, award-winning journalists for a very long time, and they are both liberals who voted for Joe Biden. Uh, 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 uh. My name's Joe Biden. Vote for the other person. In fact, Matt Taibbi wrote a very large part of a book about how bad Sean Hannity is. So if that gives you any indication about the credentials of these people and their credentials as leftists, well, they are devout leftists. But the problem is that they care about the Constitution. And because of daring to do that and speaking out against what the left had done, what the Democrats had done, and what the federal bureaucracy had done, censoring Americans on social media, directed by the United States federal government, these Democrats had nothing to do but hurl insults, lies, and a bunch of fabricated nonsense about the credibility of these journalists who are two of the most credible journalists on the face of the planet. It was an absolute joke. I almost threw up on myself watching it between the laughter of how big of clowns these people showed that they are. But they don't care about the Constitution, and they don't care who you vote for. Obviously, they want you to vote for them so they can stay in power and have control, but they don't care. If you vote for them, if you step out of line, they will attack you in every way possible with every resource that they have, including their big business corporations and the mainstream media. You are fake news. And I think it's very important that we understand this fact, because when I saw that young Canadian getting interviewed the other day, he had his lawyer on with him. And when asked how this could happen in Canada, 
how could this happen in Canada? How could things devolve so quickly? The lawyer's response was, our constitution is not as strong as yours. The Canadian constitution is not as strong and absolute as the American constitution. The American dream. And this is also true in Europe, which is how their governments have so much more easily oppressed them and controlled them throughout this COVID situation and throughout these last few years or so, how they've become what's called air quotes, socialist democracy, which I never heard. I never heard that one before. Just a total bunch of sh poop. But you guys, we are still, despite the absolute strength of our constitution, fighting back tyrannical rule every single day. These Democrats have exposed themselves. The left has exposed themselves and they have told you who they are. And like Maya Angelou tells us, when they show you who they are, believe them the first time. True. And they have shown us who they are. They don't even want to protect journalists. They attacked Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger for their sources, which under the Trump administration, they claimed that Donald Trump telling them that they were fake news was dangerous, that it threatened their safety and it hurt their little feelings. And they wrote books about how sad and upset they were and how big of a threat this was to journalism. But did they have anything to say about the attacks on Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger? No. Shut up. Didn't think so. Absolutely not. They did not because they support this censorship. In fact, they said this themselves. We are living through a dangerous, dangerous time in American history. This is absolutely terrifying. And I want to I want to play a clip from you from Don Lemon. Don Lemon said this on CNN as it relates to what I believe is one of the root causes for the social decay and rot that we have going on in this country right now. So I want to play this Don Lemon clip for you right now, and then I'll give a little bit of commentary on the backside. So here's Don Lemon. It's something I've had on my mind for quite some time now. It's time now for some tough love on the subject. And number one, and probably the most important, just because you can have a baby, it doesn't mean you should, especially without planning for one or getting married first. More than 72% of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers. And the studies show that lack of a male role model is an express train right to prison. A1 USDA certified racists. Whoa, whoa. Okay. And I never, ever thought I would say this before. Ever. Actually, never, ever. But Don Lemon is right. Don't be stupid. That Don Lemon of back then would get canceled by today's Don Lemon. True. But he's right. Back in the 1960s, okay, we had the Civil Rights Movement, which clearly a lot of great things came from the Civil Rights Movement. But one of the things that came out of that from leftist policies was this celebration of independent women. And look, independent uh, being a strong, independent woman is a great, great thing. Don't run away from your feelings. Breaking the norms prior to the civil rights movement, allowing women to be more than just homemakers, where they could chase careers and chase dreams and build their own type of life, their own house, the way that they wanted to build it, have more input and say in their households and in their lives and in their careers. I'll have a daughter. I want that for her. I want her to be like that. I want her to have those choices and opportunities to do all the things that she dreams and hopes in her life. I have no qualms or issues with that whatsoever. 
all of the women in my life are strong, independent women that don't need anybody else in their lives to make it through life. And I think that's a fantastic thing. But it's not the point. So what are you saying? The vast majority of the prison population has come from fatherless homes. And this is expressly a much larger problem in minority communities after the civil rights movement. People like Margaret Sanger, who targeted minority communities in an effort to commit genocide against them. That's true. Go check the quotes. She has a quote in which she is talking about placing these abortion clinics for Planned Parenthood in minority communities to commit genocide against those populations. She said that herself out loud. And I don't like her. Go look it up. Go look at it. I'm not even going to read the quote because it is so awful and the language in it is so terrible. I, I don't even want to read it on this podcast. But one of the things that came out of that was this celebration of single mothers, single mothers. And it would have been one thing if that was as far as it went, was just a celebration. But the lefties had to jump in and provide monetary gains, monetary incentive for women to be single mothers. Do you have any money? They would get more help and assistance from the federal government if they were single mothers. And all that did, all that was ever going to do, was promote fatherless homes. And guys, I really think you can trace back to the civil rights movement and some of the things that happened in there where we start to see some of these problems start to pop up and these issues start to become massive issues. The amount of fatherless homes since the end of the civil rights movement in the 1960s has more than tripled the amount of fatherless homes. Luke, I am your father. That is an unbelievable number, a staggering number. And we also see that the amount of people who believe in God is dwindling in this country. Well, I will make this claim before we move on to the next topic. And this plea, Donald Trump here recently just came out and and put out some ideas for some policy if he were to become president again and win the 2024 election. One of those policies I thought was quite interesting, and it was incentives to grow families incentives to grow families, mother, father, families, traditional families. That's nice. And look, I say that not to disparage gay or lesbian or LGBTQIA2S plus. Give me what? Families who are raising children because they can be good parents too. But it is yet still imperative, very important, and the data supports this, which is what Don Lemon is referencing in the clip I played, to have positive, strong male role models. And it doesn't have to be a father. It can be a coach. It can be a neighbor. It can be a community member of any kind. But to have that positive, strong male influence in your life is highly important, as the data suggests. Because you'd be in jail. Because that is one of the things that you can directly point to to show some of this decay in our society and the way that we treat each other and the morals that we operate within, the bounds of society and God. They got rid of God. They kicked God out of the classroom and they kicked God out of our lives. The state must destroy God if they want to impose tyranny and socialism because they know we will never pledge allegiance to them over God if we believe in God, if we have faith in God. That's true. You guys, this plan was implemented in Hungary, okay? 
and it has been unbelievably successful for Hungary. They had an aging population. They really needed to build their population, endorse families, promote families, promote assistance and incentives from the government if you built families and had children, which is at its core the most base foundational principle of continuing a country or a civilization or a society. Continue to procreate, reproduce. Noah likes it when I show some skin. And make more people to continue that country on to the next generation. This was incredibly successful at them rebuilding the backbone of what their country is, what they believe in and what they stand for. These are the types of policies that Donald Trump is talking about. And I think that is an incredibly smart way to approach some of the issues that we have right now. It's going to take some time to solve some of these things, to bring God back, to bring back the traditional family with strong male role models in families' lives. But this is something that we have to do because our society, our culture is rotting and dying as we speak right now. You've lost your way, brother. And it is not an accident. It's intentional. And it's been on the march for decades now trying to accomplish what they are getting to right now. We are seeing the apex, the pinnacle of what they want to do with society right now. We are seeing the rotten decay right now. The lack of love and trust and belief in each other. The intentional division of us. This is exactly what they are doing right now. And God help us. I hope and pray every single day that we find a way to see through what the intentions of the left is and we can get these people out of office enough to shift the direction of the Democrat Party back to a more constitutional republic supporting type of party. Wild-eyed socialists. Because what they're doing right now is the absolute destruction of America. Our country is in serious trouble. Yes, yes, it most absolutely is. And that is absolutely terrifying. We are really in a situation where we are on the brink of turning into something like Canada has, which is a failed democracy or constitutional republic, whatever the hell they're supposed to be that mimics our situation, but they are failed. They are an authoritarian, totalitarian, tyrannical regime that is running Canada right now in which their government is modeled after ours. Now smile, you look terrified. But I told you guys I'd get into some economic stuff, and I want to do that here real quickly. Before we get into that, though, I want to reiterate something, because we always hear Joe Biden, we always hear the Democrats talking about, oh, we got to make the richest and wealthiest among us pay their fair share. They got to pay their fair share, their fair share. And we keep hearing about trickle-down economics, which, just so you know, nobody can source the origin of that term. That is a made-up term by the Democrat Party used for campaign and election purposes. No conservative ever said that. Sidney Powell tried to trace it back, tried to, and he never could find the origin. Everybody's answer was always, well, this person told me that they said it, and that person said that they said it, but they could never figure out who the actual source was because no conservative actually said it. It's a made-up propaganda tool. Oh, so you can't see this, but I can? But... Before we get into some of this Biden budget stuff really quickly, I want to remind everybody of this because we keep hearing the fair share argument along with the trickle down stuff. So here's some data that we've played in previous podcasts. And I want to mention again here because yet again, we keep hearing the fair share part of this tax argument from Democrats. The top 1% of earners make 20% of the yearly money earned and they pay 42% 
of the taxes collected by the federal government. I will say that again. The top 1% makes 20% of the money, which is a lot, but they pay 40%, 42% of total taxes collected by the federal government. The bottom 50% makes 10% of the money and pays 2.3% of the taxes collected by the federal government. I will say that again. The bottom 50% makes 10% of yearly money and pays 2.3% of the annual taxes collected by the federal government. So do you see now, that is just factual true data, straight from the IRS, that the top 1% are paying quite a bit in taxes. In fact, they are paying about 20 times the tax rate that the bottom 50% is paying. So the fair share argument is dumb. That's bad math. And it is factually incorrect. But let's get into some of Biden's miracle master budget here that is full of ridiculous new taxes. One of those taxes is an unrealized gains tax. Please give me money. Which would tax your investment holdings. So if you have a 401k, whether you sell it or not, they want to tax you on those monies or those stocks that you are holding. Now, if they go down in value the next year, you obviously take a loss from that. But the Biden administration doesn't care about that. They just want to tax you on those holdings just for having them, whether or not you lose money on them or not, or whether or not you sold them or not. That is a new tax, and that is a disaster for investment because that will kill investment into the economy because everybody, especially all the rich people, are going to move their money around to different places and stop investing because nobody's going to want to take the risk or at least have investments sitting around that are going to get taxed for sitting there. That is a terrible idea. Don't be stupid. One of the other new taxes is the new corporate tax rate, which Biden wants to raise from 21% to 28%. Okay, does that sound like a proposal for economic growth? Well, no, of course it doesn't because companies don't pay taxes. And I say that from this perspective. If they get charged a 7% increase on their taxes, they're simply going to make that money up other places, which is most likely going to be to increase what they charge for their products and decrease their staff. So it's they're going to pass those increased costs on to you and I, the consumer, and then they're going to lay people off from their jobs. That's true. And by the way, that 28% corporate tax rate, that would be the highest tax rate on the face of the planet. 3% higher than China. Please give me money. Biden also has $5 trillion in new taxes here. Please give me money. Which is a total fallacy because they're basing that off of revenue numbers now. But if they implement this 7 trillion dollar spending bill. They will not collect the same amount of taxes because increasing taxes always decreases revenue coming into the government. This is a massive tax on you and I. By the way, they're raising the general tax rate 2%, well, 2 to 3%, and that's on everybody. So Joe Biden says he's not taxing anybody making less than $400,000, but that's a lie. A total lie. Just like everything he says is a total, total lie. This guy couldn't do two plus two, okay? He has no idea how economics actually work. I'm not an economist, but I at least have a base understanding for the lies that this guy is telling to us. And in some way, I'd like to try to share that with you guys if I can, as I I do look in depth into these budgets and understand the math that they're doing in here and why they're doing it, but they create these total lies in these false numbers that are these like corporate economic financial tricks, and they lie to people about them. And this is what's going on, and that's why I have it in the podcast now. If we were to follow Joe Biden's budget, the CBO 
Congressional Budget Office grades budgets on a 10-year plan. If we follow Joe Biden's budget on this one, we will add 17 plus trillion dollars to the debt. In 10 years, we will be carrying a debt of somewhere around 50 trillion dollars. 50 trillion dollars. How much is that? Okay. The next thing is Janet Yellen got caught in a congressional hearing getting asked about the 87,000 IRS agents that Biden wants to hire. Okay. Remember that 87,000 IRS agents, not border agents that we need to shut down the border and stop this illegal immigration disaster that's causing us to pay out billions and billions of dollars for that disaster, but 87,000 IRS agents and Janet Yellen got caught in a hearing admitting Joe Biden says none of those additional audits or taxes will be on anybody making $400,000 or less. Well, Janet Yellen let it slip. She said the quiet part out loud because she got backed into a corner while she was up in front of Congress and said, actually, 90% of those audits are going to come from medium, small businesses and people making less than $400,000. Come again. So they lied again and again and again. I promise you this. If Joe Biden got to put this financial plan, this budget in place, your check would go way down. True. By the time it's all done with all the inflation and all the nonsense, your check would be dramatically reduced. True. And one of the side effects, one of the effects or cause and effect of the Democrats and all this massive spending, which Joe Biden is proposing, we increase spending in his budget for the dumbest things ever. It is totally DEI and climate change driven. There is nothing in there that really talks about growing the economy or opening up the oil and gas spigots to try to revive the energy industry from the destruction that Joe Biden and the Democrats have done to it. Nope. But I also wanted to make mention of this because we're starting to see how damaging Joe Biden's economic policy is and the Democrats. I don't want to pin this all on Joe Biden because this is Democrats budget policy also tax and spend. That is their budget policy, tax and spend. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. So I'm sure you guys have heard Silicon Valley Bank. They failed. They failed at the end of the week last week and over the weekend. And then the federal government's trying to figure out what to do with this. And they came up with this plan today that they were going to make sure that all depositors were whole. Okay, but understand how this happened. All right. So First off, interest rates have been low for way too long. So it's been easy, free money for the banking industry to just make money. Easy. However, when the Democrats came into power, when Joe Biden came into power, after his inauguration, they spent $5 trillion of money that we didn't have. So they just printed that money. Do you have any money? Well, inherently, that's going to cause inflation. Okay, you flooded the system with a bunch of money, with a bunch of cash, that then created more demand on a supply chain that was already restricted coming out of COVID. So we had more money chasing fewer goods. That's going to cause inflation. It's like economics 001. It's not even 101. Well, when that happened and inflation started to happen, the Treasury, which had been telling banks with all this COVID money that they should buy bonds, they should invest in bonds, okay? And some of these banks are stupid and they have DEI, woke climate change agenda, ESG climate change agenda, just like Silicon Valley Bank, 
which I'm sure you would expect because they're in Silicon Valley, they had their principles all in every single woke place you could possibly think of, but none of it was in banking. What were you doing? So they took the Treasury's advice and they bought up all these bonds. Well, when inflation started to move up, the Treasury and the Fed said, oh, inflation, it's transitory. It's transitory. Don't worry. I guess that's your theory. Well, when they figured out that it wasn't transitory, it was too late. And then in order to try to tamp down inflation, they started increasing interest rates. Well, when the interest rates went up on those bonds, those bonds became less valuable for Silicon Valley Bank. Needless to say, this is a loss. Okay, well, when people started to get word that Silicon Valley was going to be a little bit short on liquidity, they had a run on their bank. And because of what they had done with poor risk management and poor management in general, that run on their bank broke them. But understand that they are not the only bank that finds themselves in this situation. The big four banks lost $52 billion in the last couple of days of last week's trading because there are people concerned that this could be a domino effect like the 2008 economic crisis. Okay, so what the Biden administration does is they say, okay, we're going to we're gonna ensure this. We're going to make sure all depositors are made whole. We're going to do that, despite the fact that the FDIC only insures up to $250,000. Some of these depositors have hundreds of millions of dollars. And the Biden administration says, well, the taxpayers aren't going to pay for any of this. We're, we're going, we're going to bail them out. The depositors, we're going to bail them out. But it's not going to come from the taxpayers, which is a bunch of crap, because if it's not coming from us, where the hell else does the federal government get money? That's a mystery. Uh, they get it from us. So I know there's, ba- there's bank fees that are taken out that fill this FDIC fund. But understand that if this situation spreads, the federal government won't have the money in that account, the FDIC account, to make depositors whole. And is the government saying that they're going to make all depositors whole at all banks? Because there's no way we could do that. That is impossible. The people who make wrong banking decisions, poor financial decisions at banks need to be punished. You're not a nice person. We saw this in 2008. The entire country was punished, but Wall Street was fine. Nobody went to jail. They all got their bonuses. They all made more money. And they found out that they could take big risks. And if it works, they make money. And if it fails, you and I bail them out. Well, this is the same kind of situation going on here, you guys. But one of the problems, the biggest problems that I have with this making depositors whole is that many of these startup companies that were banking with Silicon Valley Bank, they are Chinese companies owned by the CCP. China, China, China. So we are going to pay bailouts to Chinese companies above and beyond the insured amount of deposits. This administration, in every single way possible, does everything they can to bail out China and give China a heads up or a hand up or an advantage in some way possible. Stupid. But we should also know and understand this about the White House's decision and the federal government's decision to bail out these particular depositors, the same super rich Silicon Valley depositors that caused the run on the bank to begin with. They are being bailed out because they caused a run on the bank. And there was an MSNBC opinionist that actually said the the quiet part out loud, which is this bank was the ATM for the Democrats 
Democrat Party. A mass of their donor base from Silicon Valley banks at this bank. So this is the Democrats, Joe Biden and the federal government and all the socialists, all the Marxists that are working in his administration, bailing out their donor base bailing out deposits of their donor base. I was ready to prostitute myself. My goodness. Man, this stuff is frustrating, you guys. But I want to finish by saying this. Our government is so hapless and useless at this particular point. They really don't do a whole lot to help us, and they're doing a lot more to damage us. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international depression. And I want to say this. Earlier on in the podcast, I talked about the Canadian, that, that young kid at the high school that got suspended and his lawyer came on to a show that I was watching and talked about Canada's government was able to oppress their civilians because their constitution wasn't as strong as ours is. But think about this. If the founding fathers operated the way that we do in government now, where they create endless problems and they just complain and complain and complain and fight back and forth about them and they never create any solutions, think if the founding fathers operated that way. Think if they just sat down in a room and they complained and complained and complained at each other about how bad England was and how bad the king was and how much they hated him and they wanted to be free and independent, but that they never did anything. They never actually solved the problem. Can you imagine what the world would be like now? The United States wouldn't even exist. Would democracy, our constitutional republic, those ideals, would they have ever spread around the world? Because the founding fathers sat around arguing with each other instead of creating solutions and being bold and doing the things that were necessary to create this place, this dream, this blessed place that we call America. It's a big, bold country that we love. Of course they wouldn't. Of course they wouldn't have created that. But this country was founded by people who were doers, solution creators, the greatest collection of skeptical, the most skeptical geniuses that were ever assembled on the face of this planet. God just so happened to put all of those highly skeptical geniuses in the same place at the same time to create this beautiful thing that we call America. And man, is it beautiful and man, are we blessed. But we are at a time right now that we are going to have to fight for it the way that they fought to create this country for us. That is what we are tasked to do now. That is what you hear me get on this podcast and do every time you hear my voice. The American dream. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. Hit us up on the on the interweb there. The website is rwtrue.com. Hit us up on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter handle is rw underscore true. Hit us up on Truth Social at rwtrue or Facebook at red, white, and true podcast. You guys, thank you again for listening. Talk about this stuff with your friends. Talk about this stuff with your families. Talk about this stuff with anybody who wants to listen and civilly engage in the conversation because saving this country is critical. It is a must. It is something we don't have a choice to do. We have to do it, not just for ourselves, but for our children, for the next generation, and for God's sakes, to be that light, that beacon for the rest of the world, to show them what freedom and democracy and our constitutional republic can be, the places that we can go to if we follow the model laid down for us in the Constitution by our founding fathers. Never, ever give those freedoms away, and never, ever trust what the government is telling you at first glance ever. Always be skeptical, just like our founding fathers were. And that includes Republicans, Democrats, and all those in between, including myself and the things that I say. I challenge you to 
Go look up these things that I say. I may misspeak or get a fact wrong. I don't write a script for this podcast. I just write some bullet points out, stand in front of the mic and let it rip. So yeah, I may get stuff wrong sometimes. So always be skeptical. Always be skeptical. But I really do the best that I can to make sure that I am providing 100% factual information to you, typically off of government data. But always, always be skeptical. Do your own homework. Do your own fact checking. And make sure from multiple sources that you're getting all sides of the argument and that you take a perspective that makes sense, that understand who's lying to you and whose argument is totally ridiculous and doesn't make any sense at all. Skepticism pays off. Always, always be skeptical. So you guys, I'd like to thank you again. And I'd like to ask you to please keep listening. Follow, click the subscribe button, click the whatever button there is on your podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast and find us. But thank you for listening. And always, always, always remember, the road to progress is paved in facts. Boom. God bless America. Out. God bless America. I love America.